0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with award-winning set decorator, Victor Zolfo. Award-winning. Oscar-winning, actually, for his work on Benjamin Button. I was really curious what that experience was like. How do you prepare yourself for the Academy Awards? Do you prepare a speech or not? What if you win? What if you don't? I know, it's an honor just being nominated, right? I'm sure that it is, but what if they don't call your name? So you get to hear it straight from someone who's been there. Zolfo has worked on some truly memorable projects, including The Avengers, The Social Network, Deepwater Horizon, Real Steel, Daredevil, Godzilla, and many more. But what's really interesting about this list is the diversity in his work. You have a range, yes, in genres, but two, look at the diversity in time and feel. Victor's job his art is taking words from a page and crafting an environment so when you and i go see this movie we believe that character but also that the character belongs in that space You're also going to hear Victor talk about films like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the 2005 Brad Pitt-Angelina Jolie film that was rumored to be the start of their relationship. But this film is really interesting as well for a, a number of reasons that actually have to do with the art direction and art department itself. Not the least of which is that a main character in the film is the house itself. And the house is killed off in dramatic fashion listen the movie was made in 2005 this is not a spoiler the uh, the house dies but how does zolfo manage the process knowing the the film isn't shot sequentially so you're gonna find that out this is oscar-winning set decorator victor zolfo combo by design is presented by snyder diamond always first with what's next in the kitchen and bath Snyder Diamond is a family owned and operated company that serves the Southern California design and architecture community as well as discriminating homeowners through remarkable customer service and a curated offering of kitchen and bath appliances fixtures and finishes. The products at Snyder Diamond include the industry's best, like the full line of Mila Appliances. Mila, a family owned and operated company offering industry leading products since 1899. This includes a full line of refrigerators, ovens, steamers, cooktops, wine units, coffee machines, dishwashers, ventilation hoods, washers, and dryers. All of these products are made using the highest standards in manufacturing and industry-leading technology to provide a superior class of appliance. Form, function, and future. That's Mila. Pair that with the standard bearer when it comes to customer service, and Snyder Diamond delivers dreamy kitchens that exceed expectations. If that's not enough, right now and for a very limited time, Mila is offering some amazing and very generous rebates and offers. For details on these and to see the full line of Mila products, visit any of the three Southern California Snyder Diamond locations or visit online at SnyderDiamond.com now that we've talked about just about everything <laughs> there is to talk about start over exactly um i was mentioning that i love the industry yes i love i love set decorators i love the art department within m- movie television within production A- and my favorite reason is because you guys don't say no right no is not an option We can't. You can't. (laughs) Um, When did you start in the business? Oh, a long
1: time ago. Uh, It was back in the 80s in New York, uh, in independent features, and uh, where, when you were in the art department you were doing everything. You were putting up wallpaper, you were installing kitchen cabinets, you were doing plumbing. Uh, It was like trial by fire. You had to learn how to do everything. Um, so that's how I got into the art department and I stayed, um, I sort of have done every job within the art department and stuck with set decorator. I think that is, became my passion. Really? Why? Um, I think it's incredibly challenging. It seems to me to be one of the most, I think all technicians probably feel this way, but it feels like one of the most complicated jobs because you have... So much information to digest, and so many uh, parameters that you have to investigate. Um, you have a director, you have a designer, you have a concept, you have producers, you have a studio. Um, it's a lot when you're talking about a creative uh, endeavor. Um, there's a lot of people to please. Um, and ultimately, you want to stay true to the director and the designer, but there
0: are other influences on a daily basis and I was mentioning before you know my, my background is in brand development, and it, er, earlier on, I worked with advertising agencies quite a bit. advertising agencies also have art departments with within them, but there is a different mentality there's a there's a different I- idea, I- idealistic kind of like we're all on the same team pulling in the same direction, we're all in the same boat that does not exist with, with, that I did not find with it, within the advertising industry but in, hmm. in, in the movie making industry, you guys all seem to work together, I mean why is that? Uh, I think
1: it's because When you have a very good production designer and a strong director, there's so much leadership and you are focused on one thing, which is that particular film. And so everybody is sort of reaching for the rafters together. Uh, you're, You're all focused on the same thing. I guess it's not like in advertising where you might have many different clients and many different things that you have to think about on a daily basis we have the opportunity to invest wholeheartedly in in our concept and our main uh, point of view so maybe that's the reason because everybody is sort of connected on this by the project by the magnetism
0: of the particular show and yeah i i think i think it's I think it's bigger than that too though. I think, you know, like w- when we were talking, I, I mentioned, I, th- I think the talent, your talent gets you there. Yeah. Your partnership and cooperation keeps you there. Right. And anyone who's, who I've met, who's been in the business for any amount of time, all seems, everyone seems to have that same mentality though. Have you Have you ever worked on a production where it wasn't that way?
1: Um. There are some that are more disjointed, um, where you feel that um, there are uh, many different concepts operating in the room, and you're trying to filter out what is your primary route to follow. Um, But those shows are few and far between, thankfully. And and I bet they're not... They're not as fun to work on. No, they can be really difficult because you you really have to uh, use your powers of deduction and interpretation to know which direction to follow because sometimes the information is not coming through clearly. Um, but like I said, most of the time uh, you have a very strong production designer and a very strong director and they are what shepherds everybody
0: through together and let's let's make no mistake this is why that is so important is because your job the art department's job is to create the lives to create the backdrop to, to basically create what the audience is going to see that's representative of the characters life it's basically all of the unseen dialogue that's right. Starts in the art department. That's right. And so you're you you know, you're not the actor. You're not speaking the lines. But you have to take the lines written by the writer. You have to take the stage direction. You have to take sort of the story. And you have to take anything else that you can glean from the words on a printed page and create an entire universe around that. That's right. Communication has to be
1: key. It is. And... Um I think oftentimes you feel in the art department like you guys are all together and you have it down and you know what it's going to be. And then there can be surprises like, wow, that's a direction I didn't think we were heading in at all. Uh, And you all scramble back to your offices and deal with it and get out there in the field and make it happen. And um, that's part of what keeps it interesting is it's not all on the page and even though in the art department uh... you can come up with a spectacular interpretation of what it is that you're doing but unless the director and the talent and everybody else are being as forthcoming or as or are they engaged with the art department um, that's what really makes it a smooth everybody's on the same page. Um, A really good art department puts out their concept strong, and I think that's what makes a really good art department. And Everyone is on the same page, everyone's contributing to the concept. Um, And then when you feel like you know what you're doing, um, it really lets you become more creative and free with your options and your selections and your choices. Because you sort of know that the main concept is out there and everybody gets it. And that opens up your world as a decorator.
0: That's that sounds remarkably comforting when somebody comes with that level of, of production value to establish what it's going to be. That also sounds like a rarity. Yeah.
1: It is, and it's a, that's what makes it such a pleasure. But a lot of times you just, you don't either don't have the time or you don't have the staff to have something like that in progress. I mean, um, a lot of times it is just about the designer, the art director, the set decorator, the construction coordinator uh, sitting around a table and all discussing who's going to do what, how we're going to do it, are we all interwoven thematically and on the same page. And then branch out to special effects, to wardrobe, to props, to make sure that all these other departments are in sync with what we're doing. So um, whether it's on a grand scale like I just described or whether it's just brief meetings and hallway pickups and uh, or we try to issue paperwork but that's kind of gone the way of the dodo like I used to su- r- submit like massive set notes now it's sort of emails not so much big paper sheafs but I still sort of put everything down that's what keeps me organized. One of
0: the greater frustrations that I've heard from the art department in recent years is the loss of prep and the loss of prep time in production. Have you noticed that as well? Absolutely. Um,
1: The jobs get bigger and the prep time gets shorter. Um, I think it's just the way that things are getting done now and the studio system has changed to more match the system, uh, the Netflix model and the... um, the immediacy of making films now it's great the the world has exploded but the parameters have changed and the game has changed and, um, prep has definitely become precious um, sometimes I get called and I can't believe how little time there is to facilitate what we have to do but you know I think it's what everybody knows is it's going to get done. It always gets done. Um, and that's a blessing and a curse. I mean,
0: it is a blessing and a curse, and it's tradition. And it's like what we were just talking about. It, it, it gets done because you don't say no, because you can't say no. And there are, Look, in every industry, you've got your divas. Totally yeah. get it. But this is one of those industries where it doesn't matter quite the level of diva that anyone wants to be. It's going to get done. Right. Speaking of which, uh, there is something w- within the that set decorators this 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 power that set decorators wield <laughs> that I just absolutely love, and that is the ability to open the set. Yes. You do the work. You work cooperatively with the art department. You dress the set. You decorate the set. Everything's in place. Shooting doesn't start until you say the set's open now i mean at some point you can you can carry that a little too far and i'm sure that some have done that in the past but i haven't seen that i see set decorators take this take this power take this position and take this particular action very seriously it's really cool oh yeah absolutely i mean it's the culmination of all your efforts
1: and oftentimes it's the first time that the director and the talent are walking onto the set and there is no one else better to answer the questions that come up than the decorator um, because often that's what the questions are about and um, there there are shows where you you bat a thousand I mean they walk on they look at it they thank you and they start shooting and then there are the the projects that for whatever reason whether it's the color of a wall, or the positioning of the furniture, or something wasn't communicated. And um, you have a little work to do, and you have that, that scramble, that early morning scramble. But I like that too, because I feel, I've always felt like if you have the right set dressing and you have all the elements that the director needs, if they're not exactly in the place that he had pictured them being, um, You can fix it. Um, You can't fix not having the right stuff. Um, So I think that the way I think of opening a set is you are there for the director. You're there to present. uh, You're there to sort of make that transition uh, into the morning.
0: And then you quietly bow out. Quietly bow out. What's really interesting, though, is I've heard stories from both sides of this. Where I've heard sometimes an actor will come in and they'll just be amazed if, because you you've you've basically put their. It's really interesting. You know, anyone else in any other business doesn't have a whole group of people who put their office space together, their environment, mm-hmm. their creative. You know, all of their tools, everything that they're going to be working with. Where all they bring is their talent. Right They put everything together, and then they come in and, and work i don 't right. know of another industry that 's really like that no, <laughs> but this one is, and so i 've heard it both ways where an actor will come in and just say, "Oh my gosh, you, you got me I, I got it I'm, yeah i 'm totally down with this, and another one where not that they don 't necessarily like it, but they 're asking the set decorator, "Why did you make this choice?" Yes do you get that a lot um.
1: I'm a drawer filler, so when I am doing an office, for example, um, I will, we will take it to that level. We'll fill the drawers, we'll make stationery, we'll have business cards, we'll have everything that we think that the character might have. Um, So if I am asked a question like that by the talent, I generally have my answers ready. but I I think a lot of times it works, and um, we go so far as to we'll burn incense, we'll put we'll spray air freshener to give a certain feeling to a room. Um, we we'll try to activate all the senses. We want the actors to be delighted. We want them to feel like they've been thought about, um, like the character has been really researched and I don't know maybe actors used to be more difficult than they are today uh, about things like that
0: um, because most of the time they're they're pretty pleased and some of the films that you've worked on from a story perspective curious case of Benjamin Button so was it odd for you the first time you read that script And then you're thinking, okay, you don't always, you don't necessarily do your job in 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 the order of time. Anyway, you're not doing, you're doing it in the order of the script, so you know what your sets are and you know how you're working. But I imagine that you're also trying to put your head in, in, you're you're trying to get inside the head of the character, and when you've got a character that's sort of living this fantastical life in this way. It's got to be interesting. You, you've oh, you've yeah. got to be living a, a, different, a different life. It, um, it's great
1: doing fantasy and doing um, magical reality because you do get to play and think about things, maybe realistically, but then with a bit of whimsy. Um, the great thing about Benjamin Button was that it was like eight decades that we were doing... Um, the crazy thing about set decorating that project was we had sets that went through you know, almost a century's worth of, of changes. And oftentimes, those changes in decades happened on the same day of shooting. So I would have the 1930s dining room for the main house dressed and ready for a big scene. And in the afternoon, we were in the 50s in the same set. So it's basically um, having all of our periods straight in our heads, so that we could shuffle in and shuffle out as quickly as possible. The different errors of the house, which was a character in itself, um, I love things like that where you can think of a house as one of the characters in in a movie uh, because. You're not just thinking about the character, uh, but you're thinking about how a home evolves um,
0: and how places evolve through time. So in, in that particular case where you're dealing in that scenario, the choices you make, would you do multiples? Did you change the set for every, for every, for every decade or did you age as you go? We
1: had it all planned out. We dressed the house in prep for every era and made sure we knew everything that we were doing. And we tried to determine what would stay, what were pieces that were sort of part of the house and always remained. And then other things that kind of came and went, like light fixtures and window treatments, things that tend to change with decades going by. But um, other pieces of furniture became characters that were living and existing in the home for many decades.
0: I'm trying to figure you out from one perspective because I've I've also seen different types in this. Are, do you like to prop shop or do you like to source elsewhere? Do you get a certain... which Which case do you get more enjoyment from? I love shopping. I mean, that's my my main gig I
1: when I'm in town and when I'm able to work here with the vendors I do to a great extent Um, uh, but for example with Benjamin Button we shopped every major swap meet um, from Southern California to Florida um, based out of Louisiana Texas uh, the Carolinas, everywhere, um, and it was great because we, by shopping everything, you really get it in your head. Um, it's not. Um, it's the first time that that object is going to be playing in a film, um, so you sort of feel like you're. I I just feel like shopping gives you the opportunity to find new characters for your sets that have never been seen before whereas um, when you're using prop houses and uh... things like that you're sharing and um, a lot of time that uh, you just want to reach further than that but a lot of times it's more convenient obviously
0: Yeah. well and what's interesting about you too i I find your work you you, don't, you haven't been, I don't want to say pigeonholed, you haven't been stuck to one genre. I mean, you've, you've, worked, you've worked superhero movies. Right. You've worked character, drama, co- comedy. Yeah. Um, I would think of a, a movie like Mr. and Mrs. Smith where you've got two very intricate people and a very intricate story about two people having one life together and having separate lives as well. And trying to plan for basically two characters each right. for two people. Um, and how different that would be from a superhero movie where everything is really centrally located and there, there aren't secret life. I mean, there's a secret life, but it's not really a secret life. It gets to the point where you're just blowing stuff up and, and yeah. ma- making labs and making, you know. What's your approach to the character development? Obviously, I prefer the character-driven films,
1: um, but I try to find character in all the films. Um, you know, a friend joked to me when I was doing The Avengers, you know, ah, so you've gone from period films to doing Captain America's Bedroom. What's that going to be like? But it was really interesting because you, you're you serving a different kind of character. You're serving a, a, a sort of... A, firmly established property, a legend, uh, something that has a backstory that you have to pay homage to. You can't just make it up on your own. You have to sort of uh, take what's been given in the past and shape it. Um, But in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, again, oddly, the great thing about that show is a lot of it was about a house for me. it was about these two people hiding from each other but coexisting so what would that make their house like and we came up with um uh, brad had a big influence in it brad wanted it to be super swank and totally cutting edge um as if there was no necessary not necessarily a soul to it but it was more of a flaunting of the money that they both have but the dispassion that they also have for their their existence in this house because it doesn't mean anything so that was interesting I love again like the environments thinking of them as characters as well you get into the you, you have to study the characters in the script but when the environments
0: start to become characters too, that's really fun I bet it is um. Okay, here's one of my many stupid questions, but do you, is there an attachment that you get, you know, when you, on a movie like that, or or the Avengers, for that matter, when when you build a set, and then they blow it up, is there kind of like a, Ah. (laughs) is there a moment, yeah, is there a moment when that happens?
1: Yeah, there definitely is, I mean. There's always that moment when you've spent months building up to a set. You've finally finished it. You've worked around the clock and on the weekends and in the evenings. And everybody's put their heart and soul into it. And then it's over, like two days later. And the whole thing just is down before you even know it. I always sort of walk through the stages or the locations when they're coming apart. and it's just sort of, uh, you tick the box. I mean, you can't get emotionally invested in it or you'd be a wreck.
0: I mean, because it happens so, is, so much. Is there a difference in your mind, though, between... I, I kind of view it like a, a striking a set is kind of a natural death. <laughs> And, and blowing it up is kind of like a car yeah. wreck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is there a difference?
1: Yeah, blowing it up is so complicated. It's, um, it's a whole process. I mean, you have to construct the set in a certain way to prepare for its demolition. You have to dress it in a certain way. You have to discuss with all the other departments what's going to happen to every item in that set for safety reasons, for special effects, for... It's a... It's a meal um, that everyone is seated at the table for. Uh, You can't just go, okay, action, and blow stuff up. Um, It's all specially fabricated and manufactured and um, much more complicated than than the one second of airtime that it gets when it explodes.
0: And let's not forget that Hollywood stories are made of things like a set decorator who has a a piece that's in a room that blows up and yet appears again in a scene <laughs> later
1: that's right I,
0: I mean there are hollywood stories about things like that and so you you have to, your attention to detail oh yeah has to because you know there are people who who'd look for easter eggs there are people who look oh, for totally things especially now um
1: nowadays it's crazy you're constantly aware of that and um there are dead zones in your warehouse your set dressing warehouse where the minute something has appeared on screen or it's been established it goes into the dead pile um or the used pile um because you don't want that thing appearing again elsewhere
0: do you do you have a lot of pieces that you've kept? Do you have your own miniature prop house? Do you have things that you've kept from productions? Practically none. No, no. Okay, because the question was going to be, you know, how do you know what you can take out again versus what you can't? Right. It's got to be a thing. Well,
1: most things at the end of a production are saved, whether they're saved by the studio that's made the film or whether they uh, invite a prop house to come in purchase everything um, but it generally goes somewhere the only time you can responsibly take something from a film is if there's a sale um, and and you can then like I've bought pieces off of jobs that I've been really fond of but I don't have a lot but I do bring a lot of my personal stuff to the sets that I dress which uh, my partner is constantly getting on me about like what happened to the piece that was on the bookcase
0: uh, well, it 's at work today, so well but yeah. okay, so in all honesty, I, I would also think that you've got kind of a thing where you could you could always say, "Well, I needed a place for my Oscar <laughs> speaking of which um, congratulations, thank you, Benjamin Button, yeah, the awards as I see them and I want your opinion on this but the awards very few people in your industry get the awards Emmys, Oscars, very few people get them it's something so remarkable and so special that I would imagine and I don't want to speak for you but I would imagine the awards part of this is just kinda like a, a dream and I wanted to ask you so a couple of points of interest what was it like when you got nominated? What was it like when you went? What was it like when you won? And then what was it like when you're standing on stage? You know, we all we all watch the award shows and we think, oh my gosh, the amount of pressure, the playout music, you gotta thank everybody, right. the things that you have to think of, but you're not thinking that way because you didn't ex- necessarily expect to be there in the first place. Nobody that I've spoken to, goes in to a project expecting an Emmy, a Tony, a Grammy, an Oscar. They don't right. expect this. So it's all got to be kind of a new thing. What was that like, and what was it like at each point for you?
1: It was a trip. I mean, from the day the nominations came out, um, well, that was that was wild. That The BAFTA's nominations had come out the week before and we had gotten nominated for a BAFTA which I thought was amazing on itself and I was all excited about the BAFTA and then the Academy nominations came out and it was just is kind of like the the adrenaline just floods your brain and um, my phone was blowing up my email was blowing up um, And I was sort of just in shock that it had actually happened. Um, And then the whole process, you know, you're shepherded through all of these screenings of your movie, and you have many audiences that you have to talk to, and you have to speak about your craft, and um, you get so married to it that you start to become very... uh, um, caught up in the in the race, um, the going to the Oscars was was like a. Oh, I, you described it very well. It is like a dream. I know it sounds really hokey, but. Um, you sort of are just putting one foot in front of the other, you're smiling, you're looking around at all these celebrities and famous people and you're standing there in your tuxedo and you're like, what? What is going on? Um, uh, winning was the pinnacle. Um, you just can't believe it, you know, they they call your name out and you stand up and Somehow make your way to the stage, but um, I can't describe the feeling other than a flooding of adrenaline. Um, it's like going over the top hill of a roller coaster um, and uh, being on stage, looking out at the theater, um, is just surreal. Um, But then I found the whole experience to be really fascinating, the way they shepherd you through afterwards. You go from room to room, you meet with the press, you have your pictures taken, you have questions asked, you have to sign uh, posters, and it's a lot happens before you get to go back to your seat and see the rest of the show. Um, But it was fascinating, it was a
0: once in a lifetime experience. How early on in the show did they did they do your category? Right up at the beginning. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, did you love that?
1: First, yeah, I was like, let's get it over with, Um, and then we can relax and enjoy the evening.
0: Oh my gosh, what a gift!
1: Yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) Because then you got to enjoy the rest of it. Yeah. Um. Do you remember the speech?
1: The speech was given by Dom Burt, who was the production designer, yeah. and I piped up at the very end and thanked my parents. and um, Because I had given the speech for the BAFTAs, um, I went alone to England, and the designer was unable to attend that one. So when we won, I went up on stage at, in England and did the... Th- thank you speech and thanked David Fincher profusely and our producers and my team Don the designer Um, so at the Oscars I was just standing there grinning like an idiot while he was giving this whole heartfelt wonderful speech um, uh, thanking David Fincher who really made our work look Oscar worthy I mean That's the one thing that you can't stress enough, is that uh, a show that takes you all the way to the Oscars, it was not just because your set decorating was good. It was because it was a spectacular production for the art department and for set decorating, and that you had a director who composed every set that you gave him like it was a painting. I mean, that's a rare, treat so he was he was going giving all this praise to david and all i could think of was that uh my mom and dad were home watching so i wanted to give them a shout out and thank them for letting me have this career
0: that is amazing Um, it almost seems when i watch as a civilian And I see the individual awards. Best actor, best actress, best director. Uh, They come up and and those have to be very fulfilling for the individual. I've always thought that there was something, not necessarily more special, but something very, very special about a team award. Yeah. Because it means that everybody in that group did their job. It means that everybody in in that group hit the highest level hit it together could work together could could figure out how to how to take this this project put it together from the very beginning when it was just a concept to completion and here you have these people now that you are inextricably tied to for the for the rest of your life and beyond right it seems really it and, and when people look at you know successes of an, of an art department they look at examples like this and how people work together. It's pretty cool.
1: It's recognizable when it's happening. You sort of know it. Um, not that you're going to be end up being nominated for an award, but you know that everyone is at that level. Um, there were 11 or 13 nominations for Benjamin Button that year, um, which just is indicative of how like you're saying how hard everybody worked and sometimes it's more than working hard it's really being in sync and really understanding the what everyone else is doing um because that's the only way I think that you can you can
0: elevate to the top is there is there a project or a list of projects are there are there things out there that that you would love the opportunity to work on? And if so, what are they?
1: I would love to work on The Devil in the White City, if it's ever. um, Martin Scorsese owns the rights to it. Interesting. But um, it's turn of the century, uh, you know, Chicago, World's Fair, serial killer dwelling and killing the young people that come to town to work on the on the fair it's just got everything that a decorator wants you know you're doing the first electric light World's Fair I mean that's just massive and you're also doing the lair of a serial killer which takes me back to Zodiac which was my favorite project uh, because it was a procedural and it was so in-depth and Fincher took it to such a
0: absolutely Intense level for all of us. It's great because I was going to ask you if you had a favorite project and and I'm I think that's really interesting Um, Did it kind of creep you out putting yourself in the mind of a serial killer? Oh, absolutely has to right? Yeah, it totally does Um,
1: and We worked very closely with Robert Graysmith who was um, part of the case and wrote the books on the Zodiac killer and he was our advisor And we were shooting in the actual locations where the murders took place, and you'd have, you'd be gathered around an automobile where a murder was about to happen, and you'd have Fincher explaining it in morbid detail to you, and it was way out there. It was, it was. That's why I loved it. It was uh, more than making a movie. It was really uh, an
0: experience that is amazing and you know what this was also an experience um thank you so much for taking the time this was great my pleasure thank this is josh this is great thank you. convo by design is proud to be working with vendome furniture design culture It's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Van pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamor that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Van products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique, and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Vandam spirit and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Vandam mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Vandam before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D building in New York, Winwood in Miami and the Pacific Design Center here in LA or online at Vondam.com.